Chapter 24 Jenner and Christian had far misjudged the height they had to descend. After their hands and feet were bleeding and sore, and Riel told them they still had a ways to go, they both began to wonder how far up they had been. The climbing was not difficult, but it was tiring, their bodies never stopping. The trip was made easier, as Riel led, telling them where footholds and handholds could be found. Christian found the whole climb rather unnerving. He breathed a sigh of relief every time his foot found a precipice to stand on. Each release on a handhold was an exercise in sheer will, as a moment of unsteadiness set in before he moved his hand to find a new hold. The worst was when they passed near a waterfall, and the facing was wet, and the noise of the falls drowned out a lot of the voices, and Christian dared not to shout. He could make out the faint outline of his companions below him, telling him that morning was not far off. He thought he could make out the ground below. When they were fifty feet from the ground, Riel leapt aside and used her hands to dig into part of the wall, sliding down the rest of the way. Jenner and Christian made their way down hand by hand, jumping the last several feet. Christian wanted to curl up and rest for a bit, but Riel pushed them on. We have a few more miles to go, but be happy, she said, motioning behind them. They both turned to look, and Jenner was the first to chuckle. Christian felt like he might pass out. They got their first real look at the cliff face they had just spent the better part of the evening moving down. It was unlike anything either of them had ever seen before. It must have gone on for hundreds and hundreds of feet. From where they stood, they could not even see the summit. I think that's the best or worst decision I've made yet, Jenner sighed, smiling and shaking his head, hiding the chill that ran down his back. Well, if I had taken you at daylight, you two would have never climbed down it, Riel said, taking her hair out of a knot and letting it hang down her shoulders. She stretched a little, then motioned for them to follow. Jenner gave Christian's shoulder a squeeze. Come on, can't keep the lady waiting. Christian nodded. He took one more look at what he had just accomplished. He knew he should feel incredible, but he just felt weary. He was saving that for when they got home. They walked a slower pace through the river, near the shoreline. Riel said they would walk until nightfall and then take a short rest. Then they would continue for another day. Does Krugrith really have eyes and ears everywhere out here? Jenner asked, looking around the woods as they walked. Well, yes and no, Riel said, swatting at a gnat buzzing around her face. He cannot see through the eyes of the beasts that inhabit the forest, but he reads their actions well. A howling pack of wolves is as useful as the yell of an alarm to him. They can guide him and his hunters. It cuts down on traveling, but the wolves do not usually venture this far south. The game is sparse. Krugrith would like to think that he is the lord of all that walks in these woods, but there are even predators he fears. Such as? Jenner asked. 
I'm not lying to give you hope, if that's your concern, Riel assured him. I do not think you're lying, but if there's something out here that Krugrith fears, why are we going anywhere near that? Because we are not of his people. Riel raised a hand at Jenner's forthcoming question. I know how I look, but I am not. I have their blood in my veins, but I am not a trueborn, just a slave. I cannot run on my hands and feet, nor shift my shape. Krugrith would say he is all-powerful, but he is not stupid. We will travel through the Watcher's Terrace. What is that? Christian asked, who is not familiar with the term. You can't be serious, Jenner said, the skepticism heavy in his voice. I fail to believe that Krugrith holds to fairy tales. What, that the Watchers descend upon the wicked and slay them, carrying them off into the night to their depraved rituals? Riel said. You're right, they don't. They aren't monsters that prey on the weak. The fair people of Ramza and Arcturus have nothing to fear from them. But they do exist, and they are powerful. They are servants of the earth and protect its interests at all times. The ones that fear them are the ones that are abominations of these lands. Fell demons, wolfens, aberrations, measure experiments gone terribly wrong. Their pace slowed as the river picked up speed, being joined by a handful of other, smaller streams. If they are so concerned, why have they not already wiped out Krukus people? Christian asked. As best I can tell, it's because they are still watching them, Riel said. Then what makes you think they'll do anything if they come after us? Jenner replied. Because every year, Krugrith sends scouts down here to check on the Watchers, and they never return. Every trueborn wolfen that travels south of the falls never returns. Not scouting parties, not young ones exploring, not anyone. But then, why risk his people for us? Jenner asked. Because Krugrith fears discovery more than he fears losing a few of his soldiers. Few know of his camp. I've come to believe that Krugrith has many enemies outside these woods. And he doesn't strike me as the trusting type to take you at your word that you won't tell anyone. Jenner said. He doesn't trust me because he knows the first thing I'll do once I'm free is muster a force so I can come back here and choke the life out of him with my bare hands, Riel said. Pieces of bark splintered and flew through the air as her nails drove into the trunk of a nearby tree. Jenner let the subject go, seeing Riel no longer seemed to be in a talkative mood. He noticed she seemed to have become agitated in the last day, her face flush. Instead, they concentrated on their journey, picking up the pace a bit. The trees seemed to be of an older generation, the farther south they moved. The wildlife was also of a variety that they had very little exposure to civilization. Small game and birds had no reservations about crossing their path or sticking their noses out to see what the commotion was. They watched as a handful of browned bears regarded them, 
drinking from the river as the three companions walked by. The curious stare of a beast that did not know the fear of a sword or a bow. Do you think Erica and the others are safe? Christian said after a few hours. Erica weighed on his mind, and he wanted to see her more than anything. Mal and the others, too. On Brunsway, Haviland, his mother. We'll get her back. We'll be ready this time. No trap to walk into. And I doubt they're expecting to see us again, so we'll have the upper hand, Jenner said, trudging along. Jenner started to continue when Riel put up a hand, motioning for them to stop. What is it? Jenner asked. We need to camp here for the night, Riel said, her breaths coming in short rasps. It's barely nightfall. We still have a few hours of light left, Jenner countered. We should press on. Jenner began, but let his voice trail off. Riel had beads of perspiration dripping from her forehead and looked dazed. Uh, are you... Jenner began, leaning closer to her and whispering. Riel put her hand up to cease his questioning, staring for a moment before blinking her eyes and wiping her forearm across her brow. She nodded. She led them off into the woods until they found a suitable copse of trees which served somewhat to block their view from anyone observing it from the river. Christian, can you tend a campfire? Riel asked. He nodded. Riel walked over and scanned the ground, walking several feet before stopping. She knelt down and picked up a violet flower from the ground. She held the bloom in her palm and showed it to Christian. This is hunting fen. Are you familiar with it? He shook his head. When burned, it does not give off smoke. We'll need plenty of it to cook with tonight. I want you to find as much of it as you can. It grows among rocks and trees that are moss-covered, so your best bet is to search the trees back there along the river. Find us as much as you can, and use it to start a fire. Be sure to clear the area of anything that might smoke when burnt. Can you do that for me? Sure, Christian said, taking the bloom from Riel and studying it. Jenner and I are going to scout ahead and see if anyone is about the terrace. We won't want to wander in there tomorrow if there are signs the watchers will be coming around anytime soon. I thought you said they would not bother us, Christian asked. And they shouldn't. But coming after us and it traipsing into their home uninvited are two separate things. I just don't want to walk through their front yard when they're home, if you understand what I mean. Their front yard? Christian asked, curious. Uh, never you mind. Just please find the plant for me, Riel said. Christian nodded and headed off in the direction of the river. Riel watched him go until he seemed engrossed in his task. Then she motioned for Jenner to follow her, leading him off in the direction of the terrace. Christian poked along the bank, examining the herb Riel had given him. It was not a plentiful flower, but as he drew closer to the water, he began to see a bud and bloom here and there. He spotted a handful of clusters, then sighed, realizing it was not going to go as fast as he had hoped. 
He wanted to have dinner waiting for the two of them, but at this rate, he guessed they would make it back before he did. The forest was a place he would like to come back to one day, he decided, after getting the chance to see their surroundings. He liked the stillness and the quiet. It had unnerved him when they had been brought here, but he felt at ease now. Maybe he could take Erica here someday. Jamie, Rachel, and Melanie, too. Okay, not this forest, but one like it, Christian thought to himself. Looking north toward where they had come from, a forest far away from here, one near Calment. He knelt down and gathered a few more fen tufts growing out from the sides of the same rock near the water. A flicker of movement across the river caught his eye, and he froze. He swallowed once before gathering the will to raise his head, his eyes scanning the opposite bank. He let out a gasp and he fell backwards, scuttling like a crab, making it for the nearest rock and crouching behind it. Then he took a deep breath and peeked his head up over the top. A wolf. Had it seen him? Was it looking for them? Were there others? These thoughts and more spun through Christian's head as he tried not to breathe. He began counting in his head. When he reached a hundred and nothing happened, he took another peek, this time from the side of the rock. The wolf's eyes met his gaze straight back. Christian began formulating a plan when he noticed something. He blinked his eyes and tried to peer closer at the wolf. How? he said in disbelief. The wolf before him was not a shaggy or mottled gray like Krugerth's people. It was brown, with familiar white stripes in its paws and haunches. The wolf from his dream, or what he thought had been a dream. How did you get all the way out here, boy? Christian whispered. The wolf's head perked up, and it nodded. Christian shook his head, not sure he had just seen what happened. But then the wolf shook its head again. Then it started off into the woods, coming back a few seconds later, leaving again, and then returning. It shook its head at Christian again. You want me to follow you? Christian mouthed the words. The wolf nodded. Christian looked around, feeling as if someone had to be playing a trick on him, luring him into some unforeseen trap. He crept out from behind the rock and rose to his feet, taking each step with slow, practiced care, lest he would have to turn and run. The wolf held its position, but Christian had the feeling it was impatient. Christian shrugged, feeling silly, then took a breath and trudged across the river. The wolf turned and took off into the thicket. Christian moved to follow, the wolf seeming to always be at the edge of his vision. He ran until he noticed the wolf was no longer in sight. He pushed branches out of the way as he ran, stopping when he got to where he had last seen the wolf. He looked around, but it was growing dark, and the wolf was nowhere to be seen. He heard the sound of the river at his back. He waited a few minutes, but he did not see or hear any signs of the wolf. I must be going crazy, he muttered to himself as he turned to walk back. Then his gaze traveled to the forest floor. 
He was standing in a patch of hunting fen. He looked around and it was everywhere, dotting the ground and trees. Huh, thank you, he whispered to the wind, looking around before kneeling down and picking the herb. I was beginning to worry something had happened to you, Christian said, poking at the fire he had going. A generous pile of hunting fen sat next to him. He was roasting a few of the rabbits they had taken from when they had left the village. In addition to being smokeless, the fen also burned hot, with little flame given off. Did you two find anything out? We should be clear to travel tomorrow, Riel said, taking one of the rabbits and tearing into it. I'm going to get a drink from the river, then I need to talk to the two of you. She walked off, leaving Christian and Jenner to look at one another. What do you think that was about? Christian said. Eh, you got me, though she was agitated and distracted the entire time we were scouting, Jenner said. They had finished most of their meal by the time Riel returned. She walked over to a tree and set her pack down, rifling through it, until they heard a metallic clink. She pulled a long length of chain from her bag and examined it. I told you I couldn't do this on my own. Krugrith feeds some sort of mixture to those closest to him. It is some sort of reaction in people that makes them crave it every few days. Like an addiction, Christian said. He had heard stories from his dad of people getting hooked on illegal substances that circulated among the black markets. What's the chain for? Jenner asked. It's to help the two of you restrain me so I don't run off. I fought hard, but tonight is going to be tough. The cravings are always strongest at night. Well, why didn't you just steal some of the juice before we left? Christian started. Krugerth keeps it secret. He doesn't make it until it's needed, and he only makes enough. And he doesn't let anyone watch him make it, Riel said, reaching into her bag and taking out several keys, handing them to Jenner. Here, you'll need to unlock me. These are various cuffs and manacles connected together. Isn't this a bit much? Jenner said, looking at the pile of chains. You yourself said you aren't really one of them. If I was one of them, these chains would be meaningless. I'm still stronger than the both of you, and I'm not going to be in the right in my head. You need to bind me and keep me here, and don't untie me until it has passed. How will we know? Jenner said. After long enough, I, I should pass out grow weak. I'm not positive. I've never seen someone go without for long periods of time. You'll have to use your judgment, Riel said. I don't know about this. Surely there must be another way, Jenner said. Please, Jenner, just please, Riel said, taking his hands in hers. He looked at Christian, then looked back to Riel. As you wish, Jenner said. Riel laid down near an old tree and instructed Jenner and Christian how to apply the chains. They went through the motions, double-checking the tension of each bind as she told them to. 
They did not ask questions, trying to get through it as quick as possible. They had to pin her arms behind her back to get some of them on, the clamps locking tight right below each shoulder and forcing her arms together. Riel remained calm, but cried out when they connected the chains that bound her feet to her hands, pulling her legs back. Jenner found it hard to continue, so Christian made the last few connections as Jenner held her. Then, with the remainder of the chain, they looped it around the tree twice, then bound it back to the metal collar around her neck. I, I think I'm going to go tend the fire, Jenner said after a minute, looking away. He walked over to where the fire was and poked at it with a branch, sending a few sparks about. This is hard for him, Riel said, straining to lift her head. He just does not like to see people in pain, Christian said. Nor do I, Christian, Riel replied. I, I don't think it's going to happen. The voice roused Christian and Jenner, who had been unable to sleep since they had bound Riel hours ago. What's that? Jenner said. I, I don't feel anything. Maybe, maybe tonight it won't be bad, Riel said, her body pressed to the trunk of the tree she was bound to. Oh, thank the one god. I knew this was just a bunch of... Wait, Christian said, putting a hand up to Jenner. Give me the keys. Jenner nodded, tossing the keys to Christian. He got up and pulled his shirt off, then tore off a sleeve. He looked around the campfire until he found a dead branch, the bark flaked off, showing the solid wooden core. Christian, what are you doing? Jenner asked. Helping us. I'll be there in a moment, Riel, to untie you, Christian said, going over to Riel's bag. Hurry, she said. Christian knelt down by her head and leaned forward. Thank you. Christian jolted a bit, falling over on top of Riel. She thrashed in the dirt, the chains pulling, but holding. He rolled with her a bit, holding on, his arms tugging and pulling around her head. She bucked again, and he rolled away. What was that about? Jenner said, getting up and walking over to Riel. Stay back, Christian said from his spot on the ground. Riel's muffled voice could be heard, whimpering. Jenner looked from Christian back to Riel. Christian had wrapped a piece of his shirt sleeve around the stick of wood he had found and shoved it lengthwise into Riel's mouth, then used rope to tie off one end and wrap it around the back of her head, tying off the rope on the other end of the wood gagging her. Christian, why did you... She is lying. She is not fine. It is starting, Christian said. How can you tell? Her voice, the shaking. We've talked to her for weeks and she has never stuttered once. Not from the cold or being surprised or being embarrassed. She wanted us to let her go so she could go back. They both jumped as Riel screamed, 
thrashing about on the ground, shaking her body so hard that the chains pulled on the tree. Her tantrum so frantic she managed to flip herself over, getting as far from the tree as the chain allowed. Then she stopped, and they could both hear harsh breathing through her nose. In the moonlight, Christian saw something wet on the manacles around her wrist and ankles. She shook her head, then locked eyes with Christian, hatred seething in her vision. I don't think we're going to get any sleep tonight, Christian said, looking to Jenner. Riel continued to shake and twist as the night went on. Jenner tried to reason with her, to get her to stop lest she worsen her injuries, but she just shrieked and struggled until the strength left her. Do, do you think she's all right? Jenner asked. Unlike her previous attacks, her breathing seemed to stop this time. Her body was limp. She is just faking, Christian said. How can you tell? She is still bleeding. Jenner shook his head, then turned to Riel. Riel? Riel? Jenner repeated after a minute. She did not respond. Jenner looked to Christian again, but he shook his head. Jenner sighed, grabbing his water skin, and went over to her bound form. He knelt beside her and poured water over her wounds, washing the blood off her shoulders and wrists. He leaned over to clean off her ankles as well. When he touched her ankles, Riel flexed and then brought her knees up to her chest, crying out as the chain binding her legs to her arms snapped. She kicked out at Jenner and knocked him off balance, letting her legs up and over his head in the same motion, crossing her feet behind his head and using the chain binding her ankles together to choke him. Christian stood frozen, then ran over and grabbed at Riel's feet. He and Jenner tried to grasp them, but Riel kicked her legs back and forth, shaking them off. Jenner was coughing, hands scrambling to grab the chains. Riel pulled her legs in and then kicked out again, throwing Christian off. She then rolled onto her side, locking her legs tighter around Jenner's throat. Christian got up and went to her legs, trying to force them open. He tried to wedge his own legs between hers, but it was like trying to wedge between jail bars. He hit and punched her legs, but she held tight. Jenner began to see white spots at the peripheral of his vision. His hands loosened their grip, fumbling about his body, trying to find his rapier, then remembering he didn't have it. Christian looked around, running out of options. He saw Jenner starting to pass out and did the only thing he could think of. He balled his fist up and slammed it into Riel's crotch as hard as he could. He repeated the action two more times, and Riel's knees eventually weakened. Christian threw himself at her feet and pulled, Jenner's head slipping out from between them. Christian rolled away as Riel started struggling once more. He grabbed Jenner and pulled him away as Jenner kicked and tried to crawl. Riel rolled over into a kneeling position. She leaned backward, then forward, moaning out. They heard the sound of steel straining, then the crack as the manacles came loose from the chain. The locks holding her shoulders together broke, though her wrists were still bound behind her back. Jenner, having caught his breath, was up and running at Riel. 
He came up behind her and wrapped his arms around her body and held on as tight as he could. She shook left and right, trying to shake him off, but he held firm. He used his feet to knock them both back to the ground. Christian ran over and grabbed her waist, then wrapped his legs around hers, trying to inhibit her movement. The three of them rolled and kicked about. Riel snapped her head back into Jenner's face, knocking him off of her. Then she crouched down and hit Christian with her elbows before rolling onto her back and kicking him off of her. She twisted and flexed her arms, twisting the chain on her wrists until they snapped. She rolled and grabbed Jenner, dragging him over to her. She pulled him under her, then wrapped her hands around his neck and squeezed. Jenner's eyes bulged, feeling a throbbing pain at the back of his neck. He grabbed her hands with his, but it was like trying to pry open a vice. He kicked his legs up, but she had him pinned to the ground. Then her hands went limp, and she collapsed on top of him. Jenner gasped for breath, pushing her off. Christian was standing over top of them, a rock held in both hands. Jenner looked to Riel and saw blood coming from the back of her skull. Will she live? Christian asked, dropping the rock, looking at her limp form. Jenner got up and inspected the wound. Well, I'm no doctor, but she's still breathing, Jenner said after a minute. I think you would have killed a normal man, but she's far from normal. He looked at Christian and saw the pain in the boy's eyes. Thank you, Christian. I, I think you saved my life twice tonight. Christian nodded, looking at Riel once more before returning to the campfire. Jenna rolled Riel onto her back, then balled up one of their bags and placed it under her head. What about the chains? Christian asked. We'll have to hope that you knocked her thirst out of her along with her consciousness. He looked at the broken manacles and chains. There's not much to be done. I'll leave the ones on her feet and rechain them to the tree, but if she wakes up angry, <laughs> it's going to give us a head start at best. I can't fix the rest of these. Jenner went about unlocking the broken pieces that were still attached, then cleaned her wounds again. She had swollen red welts wherever the manacles had bit into her skin. Her breathing had once again fallen to a steady, rhythmic pace. I know we are still a ways away from being out of here, but what is the plan once we get out of the forest? Christian asked, lying back and looking up at the sky. Oh, rescue Erica, put an end to Geddon's meddling. Put a better mind on the throne, or at least expose the people to what's been going on and let them put someone new there, Jenner said. Well, yes, I was referring more to Riel. They both turned to regard her sleeping form. She was still snoozing since Christian had knocked her out, and that had been hours ago. Oh, I mean, she's a big girl. I'm sure she can decide for herself. I just mean, should we tell her about what's going on? She's already helped so much. I know last night was taxing, but should we not just abandon her once we're back to Ramza? Or wherever we're going once we're out of here? I don't think Riel's the kind of woman who has problems telling someone no. 
if she wants to continue with us afterwards, we owe her that much. And if she doesn't, then that'll be the end of it. I should mention that one of my traits, aside from amazing strength and endurance, is excellent hearing. They turned to see Riel looking at them from over by the tree, cradling her head and stretching. Are you all right? Christian asked. She nodded. Jenner filled her in on last night's events. She looked pale, looking at the ruined chains, then apologized. As to your worries, she continued, I need to attend to my own affairs before I go on about somebody else's. I owe both of you a deal of thanks, but we must part ways once we leave the woods. Will you be okay? I mean, do you have friends you can go to? Jenner asked. I think if we stay together until we leave the woods, the rest will work itself out, she said. If we see no signs of pursuit once we leave the terrace, I think our only major obstacle will be surviving the three or four weeks' travel out of these woods. We shouldn't have another night like last night. I'm going to get weaker as whatever Krugerth was feeding us runs its course out of my body. Wait, three or four weeks? Jenner said, his voice a mix of surprise and disbelief. Riel told us that when we left, Christian reminded him. That is only twenty-odd days or so. If we've made it this far, that does not seem like so much more. I suppose you're right, Jenner said. I guess I just didn't have as good an understanding of time when we left. Well, let's get a move on. I need to clean this wound out and bind it. But we should head into the terrace as soon as possible, Riel said, sitting up. Jenner walked over and undid the chains binding her legs, packing them back up. Once they were all ready, they headed down the path to the Watcher's Terrace. Hello, and thank you for listening to the World of Grey podcast. For any questions about the podcast, or the books in general, email me at podcast at josephporthos.com. My two books, Fallen Throne and Dark Halo, are available for download on the Amazon Kindle store for the low price of $3 a piece. I don't output a ton of updates, but when I do release one, you can find it on Facebook at Joseph Porthos, or on my website located at josephporthos.com. I hope you enjoyed today's chapter, and I look forward to you tuning in again next time. This is Joseph Porthos, signing off.